0: Regular listeners may know that I gave, before this podcast, a series of talks at NYU to talk about what would become environmental leadership for me. I had been acting on my own and sensed that leadership was important, but hadn't yet developed any leadership techniques, and I thought I would start figuring leaders give talks. So I spoke to a group, uh, actually I spoke to several groups of clients, former students, friends about my views on environmental leadership or how to get things going on the environment. One of the themes of these talks was parallels between the U.S. civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s and environmental action today. Who would have expected action back then to succeed to the extent it did? However far we have to go, and some people may disagree, but it seems to me that progress was made in those decades. One attendee of these talks that I gave, a friend who's black, told me that once I spoke about civil rights As a friend, he listened, but as he put it, as a black man listening to a white man, he disengaged. He advised me to drop the analogy or that I would lose more people than I would gain. I took his advice, and if you listen to my material since then, I've spoken here and there a bit on civil rights and the parallels between that movement and this burgeoning movement, but now I disagree with that advice. However great the difference is between that time and now, the parallels are too great and there's too much for us to learn from that time and that movement. And if I lose people for how people view a white person discussing civil rights, one of us, me or whoever doesn't get it, will have to learn from and resolve this problem. Today being the day that the United States celebrates Martin Luther King's birthday, following my recent application of Henry V's St. Crispin's Day speech to the environment, according to Shakespeare, I want you to consider a few parts of the I Have a Dream speech. Let's remember the context. 1963, summer, nearly a decade after the Montgomery bus boycott, and many could say no progress had happened. No one could have known that within a year the Civil Rights Act would pass, or that King would become the youngest honoree of the Nobel Peace Prize about a year later. People did know that they were being jailed and lynched. People disagreed on strategy, this nonviolent civil disobedience stuff. Would it work? Young men were being drafted and sent to die in Vietnam. Many had lost hope. Every step forward seemed to lead to a step or two back. Martin Luther King could have spoken about the situation that they were in, the present situation at that time. He could have debated what would work or what would not work. He could have dwelled in the present. In other words, he could have spoken like most people that I think of speak today about the environment doom and gloom, facts and figures. This is the way things are. This is like the worst thing that could possibly happen. Instead, he shared about a dream of a better future, which helped create that better future. No, we're not done and plenty got worse for many people since then. Likewise, in today's world, we'll have to face environmental problems increasing for decades, maybe centuries to come. But I think that we should learn from him what motivates people and replace what discourages them with what motivates them. Today, many speak and act with despair about the environment. It's the most common thing that I hear. Nothing will make a difference. Nobody cares. It's too little too late. Well, Let's pick up Dr. King's speech near the end and look at what he does instead. I'll quote a few passages from the I Have a Dream speech. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you, my friends, that in spite of the difficulties and frustrations of the moment, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. This is the situation. People are wallowing in the valley of despair, then and now. And he says, but I have a dream. Let's not dwell in the difficulties and frustrations. I have a dream. Then he continues. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. All right, I don't know if there's any part of the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution that says the environmental equivalent to we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. But man, that's got to be a big part of what this country was founded on. We have national parks. We have a history of respecting nature. And that is to me, must be a part of the American dream of clean air, clean water, clean land that we can be proud of. And we don't talk about this Americana, that this is a great part of this country, this tradition of, yes, there is a tradition of messing up the land, but there's also a tradition of preserving and conserving it. Going back to the I Have a Dream speech a few sentences later, Dr. King says, I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a desert state, sweltering with the heat of injustice and oppression, would be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. There are a lot of places, back to me again, there are a lot of places in this country that are more environmentally protective and some that are environmentally, they're really falling apart. I mean, you know about death zones coming out of the mouth of the Mississippi all throughout the Gulf of Mexico because of what we're doing with the land all up and down the Mississippi. And you know about Superfund sites where things were dumped and. Who knows how long it'll be before they're livable again? You know that there can be some places that could well be underwater within our lifetimes. Those are places that we could switch. We could make them healthy places to be. We could. And just to dream about that is not crazy. He continues. This is one of some of the most famous lines. I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Many today still think this is a crazy thought people back then must have thought it was crazy, but you can dream it. And is it so crazy for me today to dream that maybe one day people, it'll be hot in the summer and they could turn on the air conditioner, but they'll think to themselves, maybe it's not that uncomfortable. And I know that this will pollute or they could fly to Machu Picchu or to wherever to do whatever. They could choose to live in ways where they live near the people. So they don't just take for granted that they're going to fly. That executives of companies might choose to not to package everything. All these things are possible. It seems to me that we could dream about these things and share these dreams and enjoy these dreams. So jumping ahead, a paragraph or two below. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with a new meaning. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. I read this as pride. I read this as patriotism in his country, but also accountability. And this is something that we, where's the patriotism in environmental action today? I don't see it. I don't hear people saying this could be a great, I see it here and there, but very rarely do I see people saying this is a great part of America, that we conserve the land, the water, the air, that we make these things pure and clean. We have this tradition. I mean, Thoreau, Emerson, these are some of the great heroes of mine. And this is what they were about. We have John Muir and these national parks and lots of things. Why don't we talk more about that? Continuing back to the speech, he says, So let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous peaks of California. Where's this talk from us— Where's our talk about amber waves of grain and purple mountains majesty? How beautiful our land, water, and air can be. Where's that talk? I think that will, yeah, I think it's pretty likely that we're going to see temperatures rise. We're going to see starvation and things like that. There's a pretty good chance of that. Maybe we'll avert it, not sure. But what type of speech will make it more likely to avert that, to get people to act together? Is it to say everything's going to fall apart? Or it's not even to say that Just to say you have a dream or just to point out the beauty that we have here, I think that will bring people together more. I'm not saying it's the only thing to do. I'm not saying be blind to what's happening. But what will motivate people? And he continues, but not only that, let freedom ring from the Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and every molehill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring. This is more we can even find in the places that are the most environmentally degraded, we can still find ways to turn that around. In my lifetime, I think when I was a kid it was when there were canals in the Northeast and the Rust Belt, what's well, now the Rust Belt, they were on fire from so much pollution. We have PCBs all over the place. We have dioxins all over the place. And, but a lot of the places are a lot cleaner. I remember a friend of mine in college talking about visiting his father in LA. My friend was from Chicago. When he went to go visit his father in LA, they went out to the back of the house and his father pointed up and said, look, we live at the base of this mountain. My friend looked up and there was so much smog that even though they were right there at the base of a mountain, he could not see the mountain. LA is not like that now. Now, one could say we've shipped our manufacturing a lot of stuff overseas and we're just creating more pollution elsewhere. One can say that we've simply dispersed it farther. And yet there are also places where we've won victories that we can build on and get more and more victories. One of my big things is that we can look to other places where nations have voluntarily, without coercion, without authoritarian action, without forced abortions, they've gotten populations to lower, leading to more prosperity for everyone. This, to me, was unbelievable until I read this book recently, Countdown by Ellen Weissman, which changed everything for me. Anyway, I wanted to talk about the I Have a Dream speech as one example of speaking about what could have been, everything's horrible, nothing's going to happen, we'll never get out of this, it's horrible— What I do doesn't matter. What you do doesn't matter. It's got to be governments and corporations changing. Well, here's an example of someone saying, of someone taking a different rhetorical approach, and I believe being effective. We can do that today. We can learn from great leadership in the past.